Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Still coming in your ear holes on Prime Rib Day. That's a Wednesday. It's getting real close to this, the primest time to be in the woods for a whitetail hunter. We are absolutely jacked, as you can't tell. Um, it's it's time, man. Our vacation's coming up. It's getting real close. Oh, yeah. Um, we're ready to get in the woods. Me and homie going to be spending a lot of time together. Homie's probably going to hate me by the end of it. <laughs> I guarantee you there's going to – you know what's going to die? Probably about eight Casey's pizzas. And that's about, <laughs> that's all, all that's going to die in that vacation. But anyways, we're going we're gonna to give it hell. We got David Weaver coming on. We're talking pre-rut tactics, a um, little bit of rut tactics. Yeah. Um, early rut tactics. Early rut tactics, but uh, this this is a good one, man. There's a lot of a lot of good intel in here. I let Homie shine on this one. Now, uh, try to get some of his stuff out. He's got some really good pointers in this one. Uh, let's get into the people who make it possible and get into the show. Uh, let's start out with the VIP. So we released it at last episode. You guys know that there's something special coming, the combat veteran. Um, we are insanely jacked to even even know about know it about coming it, out. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've known for a while, so we're super excited for it. It is uh, it's an incredibly engineered head that uh, is going to blow away a lot of people. Um, 
I feel like we're holding back on the <laughs> listeners because you know we can't say a lot, but uh, we want to get the hype up, you know, and that's 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 what we do. We're the hype man. Yep. I always told that's I always all told we're good my at, yeah, bro. I always told my friends I just want to be that hype man in the rap song. It's like yeah, 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 money. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's what I'm doing for the VIP right now. That, um, that's what I tell the snap group. Like we ain't good at anything other than getting the hype. Yeah, up. getting the hype up and doing some <laughs> stupid videos. So we right? got that nailed. <laughs> we should have been hype. Hype guys for comedians, and for we sure. Killed it. Duh. We got to change the podcast. We're going. <laughs> we're going something. Up, but all right. Uh, but yeah, um, you guys will get to see this. Uh, potentially, I don't know. We can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they were waiting for it. They were like, "Oh, it's right there. He's gonna well, tell us." I was gonna say you're getting better instead of just like, "Well, we can't tell you," and then you spill it. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so you're getting better. Yeah, can't can't spill the beans on this one. But um, <laughs> Matt put a lot of work into this head. Um, we know that the whole VIP family is gonna gonna blow when they hear, it, and a lot of people are gonna be blown away by how much thought, engineering went into this head. Just like just like the veteran, a lot yep. of engineering, but this one, I mean, sorry to say, but it blows the engineering of the veteran, you know, out of the water. So, uh, all right, let's get into the VIP veteran broadhead or VIP veteran shout out. This week's VIP veteran broadhead shout-out is Brandon Thomas. He was in the Army Active Duty Infantry for four years and the National Guard Military Police for four years. He was stationed at Camp Casey, South Korea for two years with the 2nd Infantry Division. He started as an M240B machine gunner, and at the beginning of his second year, he was moved to be with the Bradleys and became a gunner shooting the 25 millimeter chain gun. That sounds pretty sweet. And the 249 on the Bradley. After finishing orders in Korea, he was sent to Fort Riley in Kansas with the BCO 270th. This was a brand new unit that was just opening up, and he need, they needed someone to train their Bradley gunners, and Brandon was that guy. As an E4 training E5 through E9s on system and weapon operations on the Bradleys. Uh, Brandon, we appreciate your service for them eight years. Um, your station in Korea, away from your family, so um, you know you did some sacrifice there, and uh, a little feather in your hat for training people that were above you. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, we appreciate that here, and uh, Matt and Cindy do as well. Yeah, we th- appreciate it, Brandon. Um, everybody from the VIP family and uh, all the Whitetail Legacy podcast crew, which is just me and homing, and, uh, and the interns in the back. Turn the heat up! <laughs> I'll say we're done with the AC finally. Yeah. yeah, turn, yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into Ingram. You got something? What you got there? Oh, yeah. He yeah. did get out. Yeah. 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 He uh, posted a picture there, and uh, he got both of his daughters out hunting in the blind their early season, so that was cool. It's something that he hasn't been able to do while he was working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week and uh, trying to do the taxidermy on the side, so now that he's full-time... He's able to, you know, get his work done during the week and get out there on the weekends like everybody else. So I thought that was very cool to yeah. see um, because I know it's something that he wants to do and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't really get to get out there as much as he wanted to last year. Yeah. Right, let's get into scent lock. Um, we're still running the mid-season range right now. That's the 40 to 60 degrees. Homie did have to break out the late season. I did. One morning he went ahead and broke it out. I was wearing two layers that morning. You yep. just had the the one base in the – and the uh, big, the bigger jacket, the yep. re- the revenant, yep. revenant suit. So that's the below forty uh, late season. Yeah, that's the big dog. Yeah, that's the big dog. So I was really comfortable in my forty to sixty with my base layer on. Um, I was cold in the morning, man. It was cold, dude. That yeah, you you were. My hands were savage, but 
that Pac-Am warmed me right up real quick. <laughs> so, so. That Cloverfield kicked our ass. And they Best part warm. about we got back all we ever wanted to go, and our tree was like two foot deep in water. <laughs> so, I was, and it was, I was like, I'm, I'm not. The first thing I, I thought of, I was like, man, Dan Infault would kick me right, yeah, right in the face yeah. right now for not hunting this we tree. We get back there, Cody looks at it, he's like. You got your rubbers on? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no, dude, it's 34 degrees <laughs> yeah. out. No, I'm wearing insulated boots. <laughs> it's like a two foot of water, and I'm like, what if we like jump? And he's like, no. Nope, I not. was like, I'm good for about 10 inches. After that, yeah. nah. it was like two foot. I measured on a stick, but we we end up finding a better tree. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good. I think that's actually a better spot. Yeah, it is. So, all right, uh, let's get into ECW calls. So, big announcement for ECW calls. Um, he is going to be. Uh, the main provider, one of the main providers for our blog content now on our website. So if you guys haven't heard, me and Homie have been putting out weekly blogs. Uh, some other people write in blogs. We absolutely love that when a listener or someone comes in. You know, some people have knowledge or want to write, but they have no no outlet. You know what I yeah. mean? And just like a podcast, we're the people's podcast, you know. We're kind of like the people's blogs on a, you know, because we've had people that no one's ever heard of do a blog, and it might be some tactic or a feeling or whatever they got going on, but it always, we always get good, good comments, good reactions to it. So if you have something that you want to write or you have something wrote that you want to host somewhere, send it to us, man. We'll get you in the running somewhere. Um, get it out there. And, uh, of course, give you all the credit. Uh, just gives you a place where you ain't got to pay for a website, pay for a hosting fee, pay for a domain, pay to have someone fix your website the way you want it. Yeah, to do to do like six blogs and then you'd be you know yeah, burn out. You, you know, so this this is a way for people to just another outlet for us to reach to smaller people. And uh, ECW calls and VIP are going to be hosting these blogs, um, helping us with the cost of the website a little bit. And yeah. uh, this is our way of giving them some value, uh, but there will be a link on every blog now where you can pick or go to one product that will be hosted uh, from the ECW website. Might be a turkey call, might be a grunt tube, might be a duck call. We're going to kind of switch it back and forth and uh, and give you guys a link to go directly to their website to, uh, if you want to check out their stuff or make a purchase. But, there you go. All right, let's get into the show. All right, we got David Weaver on from David Weaver Creative, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. How's it going? Going good. I appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, we've been trying to work this out for a little while, and uh, we had a spare minute. You had a spare minute before catching the game, so we made it happen here. So, uh, you, uh, How's Ohio doing this year? Ohio's rocking. We've got a lot of big deer hitting the dirt. I'm just waiting for one of mine to do the same. Buckeyes are doing all right, and uh, the Brownies aren't 0-6 right now, so it's a good day in Ohio. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> We uh we know Dan out there has been been on them and yeah. wife was successful so there's been some giants out there hitting the ground so super cool but uh, we wanted to have you come on uh, it's it's game time right now you know it's time to to get in the woods and really get after it a lot of people are going to be taking their rutcations uh me and homie schedules are my, I schedule mine a little bit later this year um homies is yours is the like the third through the uh mine is the ninth through the 24th yeah okay mine's the 11th through the 21st 18th yeah yeah 18th yeah, yeah. so 19th i'll go back to work but yep so that's our day is to really get out there and get it done but we're talking right before halloween now so kind of go into how your season has went up to now and then we'll break down what you're doing now to try to be successful 
Well, my season's uh, it's really been a roller coaster this year in Ohio. Um, personally, hunting three private pieces, um, two of them have kind of ended up being skunks. Um, I'm dealing with a lot of outside pressure, all that fun stuff that just comes with uh, what, hunting in general. Um, but I did pick up a new piece. I'm actually really excited for it. Um, it was a it's a 42 acre uh, parcel and uh, it's got it's got a solid ag field on it. Uh, it was beans this year and I got a taste of the caliber of deer that were running the area and I was more than thrilled to say the least. Um, but of course once the beans were cut, they were gone. So pretty much right now I'm hitting them with scrapes trying to get them working back through. I have two prime doe bedding areas on that property. So, uh, like you said, Halloween, um, pre-ruts rocking right here in Ohio. Um, so I'm really gearing up with the scrapes, trying to get as many cameras out on them, um, find the primary active scrapes where these deer are hitting, um, checking, especially once we get rain. Um, I'm getting a lot of big deer hitting scrapes right after we get storms rolling through, and that's what I'm really keying in on. And then, um, you know, obviously October, you're getting bucks, new bucks showing up, you know, bucks you might have seen in in the years prior and everything like that but um pre-rut rocking i've got certain deer that are my daily deer like i said scrapes are a really good way to uh, get intel figure out when they're traveling through your property or what's going on in the deer woods um and that's pretty much what i'm up to right now scrape city yeah that's something that we've noticed is the scrapes have really took off here um in the past week or so um week and a half um, one thing I think I, let's talk about scrapes a little bit because this intrigues me and homie and I know that you've used them a lot um, have you ever seen have you ever hunted bucks scrapes really close to what you believe is bedding yes now have, have you ran cameras on them or just hunted them because I know a lot of people don't want to run cameras that close to bedding they think it might alter I I'm uh I'm gun shy when it comes to hanging cameras over scrapes near bedding um, because I don't, you know, I'm very, I'm very particular about leaving scent, um, leaving an impact on deer, especially close to where they bed. And in my opinion, if you go in, you set a camera up on that bed and you back out, um, either way, you're impacting that bedding area, whether you're a hundred yards away, 200, whatever it may be, or 50. Um, you're still leaving your impact, your scent trail, you know, you're the camera itself, Lord knows where that camera's been in the back of the truck, a backpack, whatever it may be, there's going to be scent. Um, no matter what anybody says, in my opinion, if you throw that camera in a bottle of scent killer, there's still going to be scent. Um, so I really don't like to impact my deer that way. Um, if I believe I'm it, once I find a scrape close to bedding or know of one from years past or whatever it may be, then I'm getting very malicious, very like um, surgical with it. And I'm going in knowing that I'm going to see, kill and get out. And that's it. Nice. So me and homie found a scrape this year that is, it's kind of an awkward bedding area. Like, um, so there's an ag field and there's like a strip of woods and it drops off into a lake. How long, how wide would you say the strip is homie? Ooh, it's, it's medium sized. Yeah, I mean, like yardage-wise, where it narrows down where that scrape is, probably 80 yards wide to where it hits that lake. Oh, to the cliff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd say 60, 70, yeah. Yeah, so it's a 60, 70-yard strip off of ag, and uh, it's really weird. Like, So it's kind of like a cottonwood, swampy area. 
So if you walk one foot into like the timber, you can't see the ag field. Right. So it's not like mature grown trees. So they're bedding like insanely close to the ag. And uh, we yeah, found a scrape there. Yeah. So that, that young timber has let that undergrowth grow up so they feel secure. And then it's kind of like a swampy area. So it kind of like drops off saddle, drops off saddle. And it's kind of like a rolling hilly area down to a big ravine. And uh, we found a scrape right on the edge. And that's something I've never done is, like, hung a scrape right on bedding because i kind of the same way. Like, hung man, a if, camera? Oh, yeah, hung a camera. I'm sorry. Did I say hung a scrape? Yeah. Damn it. But <laughs> hung a camera close to, you know, bedding on a scrape because I'm the same way with you. If you're going to go pull that camera, you're going to leave scent. If there's anything in that bedding, potential to jump it. But this one, this scrape that we found that is active is – 15 yards maybe off the edge of this field yeah so we took the advantage and hung it there and we were when we pulled it we were absolutely blown away by the amount of daylight activity in a bedding area on that scrape like midday on random days like what what was the temperature that one day uh 57 57 yeah that was like the low right yeah and then so it was like 57 and like 68 oh, no. and the then high. the high was 72 yeah, 72 so you're talking like it. a 57 72 degree day and you got a buck daylight and a two on a scrape on a south wow. wind yeah at his back right. so everything that like you're not supposed and it we believe this is like a five and a half six year old deer i mean like mm-hmm. a really big mature, mature yeah. deer you know and i just didn't know if that's something that you had seen and that was the eighth Eighth of October. Yep. Yeah. So we're talking like October lullish, middle of the day, just up hitting a oh, scrape. Yeah, we're not deer. <laughs> yeah. It just blows me. It just blew me and homie away. Like this camera, someone's out here just staging deer in front of this <laughs> camera because this can't be working. But I think that's something that our listeners should key into. If you find a scrape that is close to bedding and you don't want to hang a camera on it, even if it's hot or something, they don't have to move very far to hit that scrape. Exactly, and especially because I'm a firm believer in community scrapes. Um, Like, once I go in, like, shed hunting and stuff, postseason, whatever it may be, if I still find a scrape that's active near a bedding area, I will mark it on a hunting app I use, whatever it may be, or just take a mental note. That way I am aware for the next season. Um, And like you guys are talking about, like, I think that's a prime example of deer that I don't think they're too pressured. Obviously, if you have a a five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half, a year old buck walking at 2 p.m. Uh, I don't think he's had narrow sent his way, but um, I, you know he's, in my opinion, fat and happy. Um, and I believe that if you have that access to where, like you're saying, 15 yards off an ag field, if you're making no impact, then yeah, I don't blame you guys for hanging a camera, especially that early in October. But um, no, I personally never had anything like that. I wish my dear did. You might want to send him a postcard and tell him to do the same. Thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, this That'd is public. Cool. This is public ground too, man. Wow, it's insane. When we pulled this camera, we were like, "All right, this is <laughs> this is strange," you know. And then uh, yeah. so he daylighted going in that morning at like seven oh one. Yeah, and then he seven, daylighted two five and ten thirty at night. Yeah, seven two five and ten thirty all in the same area. So, so essentially, like that's his core like had to be but what what is weird is he had he's going in he's coming out and then he's going back in and then he's coming out he's just cruising around in there (laughs) i don't know what he's doing yeah but uh we haven't pulled cams for a week a week so we don't know if he's been back in there or not you know but it's 
uh, since that week after the eighth, he hadn't been back on that cam. So yeah, so we hunted wow. there Sunday night, and you went back Monday morning, and yeah. um, and he wasn't there. Yeah. Nothing. So yeah, yeah, but there's a awesome. We've been packing in every hunt on public, and there's an epic tree that you can kind of use the limbs to get in, and we can get up real high. But if something, some action happens there, it's super <laughs> thick, you know. So it's gonna be like four or five yards. The shot. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's like right there. We're literally right over the top of the scrape, but it's like the one tree that you can get in, you know. So. We're excited about that area, but I didn't know if that's something that you had seen. Because um, I could see, like, you know, like October 30th, like we're talking, or, you know, the first of November, first week, a buck doing that. You know, like, oh, yeah, he's exactly. up at two, just cruising around looking for a doe yeah, or something. But that early, we were just blown away that you got a five-year-old, six-year-old deer on public daylighting. So, and like I said, this is a very sli- small chunk of timber at, at a hole. What what's the whole piece of timber there? Maybe twenty acres. Yeah. You know, and then it goes into a lake that no that people are probably like, oh, it's just a small piece that no one really cares about. Yep, overlooked. And it's surrounded by ag on both sides. There's just a creek draw and a little chunk of timber, but and it's right by a parking area. Like it's people are walking right past <laughs> it. It's just insane. But that's um, crazy. We found it, and there's a lot of bucks hitting that scrape. So that's one thing especially this time, like we're talking, you need to, like you said, you need to focus on them scrapes. Definitely going to be hitting them after rain. Like you said, that's key. Me and homie have both seen that after yep, a rainstorm. Yeah. They get up. Especially yeah, that... your dominant bucks. Um, and jumping back real quick, how you're talking about that certain deer that was zigzagging through there doing backflips and everything else on the 8th of October. Um, I'm also a firm believer in deer are just like humans. Uh, like I can, I could literally name you certain deer I've hunted or am hunting and every single deer has different characteristics. Um, for example, you know, me to you, um, obviously I act different than you. So essentially what I'm getting at here is that five and a half, six and a half year old deer, you know, he has his own characteristics of, I mean, whatever they may be, that's for you guys to figure out. But um, then you're going to chase, you know, a four and a half deer that, you know, he might be a double drop tying, crazy, whatever deer that he has different characteristics, different deer. They'll have different tendencies. They'll all have different, in my opinion, like um, withstand more pressure. Certain deer, if you even like see them or come close one time, they might completely booger out of there and be gone for that whole season because they will not take that amount of pressure or human impact. And then you'll hunt your other deer that, you know, are laid back. You know, they don't care. You can you can make certain moves on them, you know, bump them, maybe miss them, whatever it may be, and still have an opportunity. But I'm a firm believer in deer just like people, and every single one of them is different. Well, you're a lot cooler than Cody, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew that. That's why I was, like, kind of referencing him to, like, the— six-year-old deer you know bounce around and yeah for sure them. the old old broke down <laughs> stud out there still cruising yeah. <laughs> that's me <laughs> um you know you talking about you know utilizing trail cameras over scrapes are you um out there making any mock scrapes or are you going off of like outside season scouting and knowing through past history or you know in season scouting even of where these scrapes are going to be and you know you move your camera there Late, late September, knowing that, you know, you still have two weeks or so before they really start hitting it and um, get some really good pictures. Um, 
all of the above. <laughs> um, I love mock scrapes. In my opinion, if you do your homework about mock scrapes, you can really help yourself learn animals, especially deer, you know, mature deer, whatever it may be. And you can also benefit yourself hunting wise. Um, if you know and can learn how to utilize them, um, like for example, I only have five stands up this year and at four out of five of them, there's a mock scrape because I've done my homework, you know, I've learned the area, I've learned how the deer travel, whatever it may be. And whether you're just trying to get them to stop on a trail, uh, you know, come through on an ag field, a food plot, whatever it may be. Once you do your homework and really figure out and understand like a little bit more about the whitetail deer and scrapes and how they use them, it's essentially like, you know, Facebook for us, you know, like that going back to community scrapes, like postseason scouting. And if I find a scrape that's still active, like I said, I mark it, I will remember it and I'll pay attention to it and wait for it to pop up and then boom, cameras going on it. But in the same notion around my sets, if I can make a scrape tree, um, over a food plot, which I actually, I have two this year and, or going back to years past, like you referenced, um, I'm a firm believer in all that, uh, especially like Halloween, like this is the time of year I love for scrapes. You never know what can happen. Um, and personally, like I said, if you learn your dominant bucks in that area, public, private, whatever it may be this time of year, those bucks really key in on their scrapes. They want to be the first to hit them after rain. They want to know who's in their area, what does, what bucks. And you really need to take advantage of that testosterone level rising. Are you big on the ropes um, in your mock scrapes too? Yeah, Dan. Dan's uh, Dan kind of really pulled me into that. Um, and then looking, like I said, doing my research, everything else, um, seeing other guys use the same methods. Ropes are a very good way, and vines. Um, if you can find some like grapevines, mm-hmm. stuff like that, they hold scent longer. And like, I actually ran one over the summer on a bean field, and it was dynamite. No idea why, but in my opinion, at the time of the year, I looked at it as they were kids playing with a toy. Like, that's what the deer showed me. I had my camera set on video. You know, I'd get uh, big velvet bucks coming up to it, you know, just playing with the vine i'm like all right that's cool guys do that in november yeah but, yeah that's um, pretty sick yeah. <laughs> yeah like um but yeah vines ropes anything like that or like um like i said you get your more dominant bucks if, like i've actually taken like and trimmed some pine trees um and like actually use like rubber wire or whatever it may be and put them over like oak limbs and for some reason like my bucks just love it in my opinion, it's something for them to play with, something for them to rub their glands on, leave their scent, mark their territory, and they go crazy about it. Yeah, I'd say that cedar limb holds that scent a little better, and they yeah. might like scratching their face on it, you know what I mean? Getting up in those in those little scratchy cedar briars. I know they <laughs> scratch the shit out of me when I hang a stand in them, so I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like what you're saying. Um, I killed a, a buck on public uh I can't remember. I think 13. Yeah, 13, and uh, that's what he did. It was He was coming into a scrape Halloween night, um, had does out in front of me, and I had actually made a mock scrape in that area. And uh, I can't remember what product I used, but, like, they had something that back out back then, and, like, they had – it was, like, the tarsal or the head gland. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, like, rubbed liberal. it on the branch and rubbed it on some trees and, like, made some rubs, you know. Uh, 
le- less experienced than I am right now, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm out there, like, hitting, I hit, like, five trees, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's really tearing the area up. Just pissing everywhere. Yeah. And uh, put that, that, that orbital sent out and uh he he came right into one of those scrapes and and i nailed him but uh i think that was key like when i went in there that night to hunt i could tell that it all been hit like he had made a rub line up to the scrape he was pissed that there was another deer there that's that's going back like i said certain deer dominant other ones like uh i'm chasing a five and a half year old deer on a piece of private of mine um halo uh, he drives me crazy. I cannot make him mad. And I've tried it for the past two years now, and I just can't bring it out. Like, I've I've made scrapes in his core area, near his bedding, um, in his transition area, and he's a mellow deer. That's like, the nah. best way I can describe it. That's cool. Another dude moved in. It's I. Right? <laughs> yeah, just like, knows I don't it. get that. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. It's crazy. Like you said, they all have individual personalities and, uh, and that's, do, do that's, you think maybe it's because like he hasn't seen that deer not in person, but like he hasn't interacted with that deer? It's just a scent that he's just you know. Yeah. I've um, thought about that, and but like I said, with certain deer reacting, you know, get going, you know, crazy about it. Like, who is this? Why are they here? What are they doing? And then other deer are just like, what's up, man? Welcome to the crib. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I've been bedding over here. There's some sweet corn up here. You know I mean? Yeah, we, we got apples over there. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Like you said, it, they all got personality. So I think that's what makes it fun hunting. But like you said, that's something for the listeners really key on. Find those scrapes. And I do the same thing. Those past history scrapes, um, they, they tend to come back. If they're not on the same tree, they're in the same area that's close. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, I, I can't tell you the exact branch and coordinates and how many leaves it had on it, but that area, yeah, pay attention. Yeah, and then I also think that what we like to do, especially the last couple of years, is we've been keying in on them more. And if we see one that's kind of started, we make it a lot bigger. And I don't know if they smell. We won't even put any scent in. Just that fresh dirt. I don't know if they just smell that fresh dirt and they're curious to what hit it. So they go yeah. over there or they see that it's been messed with or what they do. But um seems like when we alter them a little bit, then they really come in and uh, and hit it. But that's what we we had a scrape last year that we thought Freeze was using. Then refreshing it up and mm-hmm. just a couple of days later, he was on it. So yep. And even this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's like the way I've always like tried to look at it from a human aspect is if you came home and you smelled another guy, you know, like that's, I mean, that's how I look at it. That's how I would react if I was a deer. You know what I mean? Um, But like I said, then you'll have your other guys or other deer, excuse me, that are just like, what's up, man? Like, welcome to the house. (laughs) You want to see the bathroom? Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) here's the beer fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got bush in the fridge. But um, just like Cody was saying, you know, on our private this year, there was a, we're assuming a community scrape because multiple um, mature bucks hit it last year. And this year, they hadn't even, you know, been to it yet. And I went out and checked cams, moved to mobile, put some batteries in, pulled pulled the rest of the cards. And um, I knew, I knew that, you know, we needed to get this fired up because we got to stand right there. And uh, I went ahead and made made a scrape, uh, no sin in it, just kind of pulled up the the grass, and you know got the dirt ruffled up and yeah exposed uh, it yeah and got the got a cam hung on it and 
that night we had a couple of small bucks on it, and then the next night um, yeah. we had we had shooter bucks on it. So just like Cody said, you know, we're not sure if it's yeah. It was crazy. We had a shooter buck that been gone for a month. Yeah, boom, just boom, come in and just checked it out. Like, yeah. where have you been my whole life <laughs> right. for the last month? Right? Like, I thought you died. You know, what I mean, I think I hit by a car or something. We're talking like a real, really nice one sixties class deer, you know, and big like everything you want in a buck, you know, timely yeah. character, wow. everything, character, kickers, and we're well, like sometimes, sometimes when it comes to scrapes, you just gotta you gotta give them that little boost. Like uh, one of my best scrapes, I actually like uh, <laughs> in my uh, when you guys sent me my story, like that was a scrape I made because I knew that buck and other deer in the area. We're going to hit it. I just wanted to see what happened when I was the first one. Yeah. Nice. And he does, yeah, he doesn't like it. Like, he's he's a very aggressive deer. Like, uh, I made it the 12th, and uh, he hit it that night at, like, midnight, and then he daylighted at 7 a.m. coming to check it again the 13th. Man. Yeah, and then you had the wrong wind, right? The next day. Yeah, the yeah. wrong wind. Oh, and, uh, I couldn't hunt him. Brutal. I hate that. That's That's like this spot we were talking about, like, I hate hunting smart. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to have a certain wind to go in there or uh man, it's those deer could just bed anywhere and on that area we got. So Yeah. It's hard to know what it, wind it, you got, but yeah, it's, it's tough. One thing I want to ask you that we haven't brought up, uh you you got you're in ag country, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how have you seen any bucks that just come out of the corn like <laughs> just like they're living in there? Early season, yes. We're seeing them now, like we're driving, and then we're just seeing them like come out of a cornfield that they would have had to went four or five hundred yards, four or five hundred yards from any timber to a bean field, like, and they're they're coming out of the corn right at right at dark. I'm like, these, yeah, these are I've, the most unkillable deer ever. You know, what I mean, they're just out there chilling in the corn until dark and rolling out. But yeah, I've, I've definitely seen that. Um, even um, I've seen it a little bit until the late season. For them trying to get the most sunlight obviously um and warm but um yeah you'll get that sometimes it's it's crazy like uh even like talking to local farmers and stuff like that like some of them like you know i don't even hunt their you know properties or anything they're like oh yeah i just cut corn the other day had like three bucks get up out i'm like what are you talking about yeah. they're like yeah three bucks were bedded in there yeah, so, I think- yeah i try and pay attention to it i've seen it a couple times um, and actually at one of my private pieces this year, I finally have a cornfield. Like it's always been beans or wheat and they finally put in a cornfield this year. Like, I don't know why. And, uh, I hung a cam and made a scrape and like, like you guys were talking about, like the whole 2 PM thing, like I'll get young deer doing that. And they just like step up out of the corn, hit the scrape, turn around, go right back in. Man. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? They know, man. <laughs> they got like their little short forest out right. there. <laughs> Buffet yeah, of corn. But did you did, do you guys remember seeing that video uh, from a combine like maybe a year or two ago? And the guy's yep, picking literally the last rows of corn in the mm-hmm. field and deer's just bouncing back and forth. And finally, you know, he's at the end and he yeah. kicks out. But I'm just like, just get out of the corn. There's a lot corn, of big bucks bro. that have been shot out of combine <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if you talk to, like, the older generations up here, they're like, yeah, like, back in the day, we'd just start, you know, cutting the cornfields and whatever. And uh, if we'd see a buck we wanted to shoot, we'd turn the combine off, run to the house, get the gun, come back out, start cutting again. Yeah. Dang. I know my 16 buck, uh, when I shot him, they were, the neighbors were cutting corn, and he came from the most 
backwards ass way he could have. So I still think that he busted out of the core and and uh, he came in and I grunted at him and he automatically made a scrape like he was trying to show his dominance, you know what I mean, and then came right in. But I think he got bumped out of the corn. So that's another thing to look for this you know this late in the year. We got a lot of corn standing right now, but October thirtieth is gonna they're gonna be a lot of it'll be gone. So if you got a field that you think Bucks might be potentially living in, like we know that there's two that are coming out right at dark and hitting beans where we can hunt. It's been seen by a couple different people. Um, when they pick that field, that'd be a good time to be in a stand. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and if if you can get in cahoots with whoever's farming at your properties, and like, I mean, I have one that he will he will directly send me a message through Facebook. He'll let me know like, hey. On this date, we plan on harvesting the corn or the crop, whatever it is. Like, dude, that is dynamite. Yeah, that'd be um, awesome, yeah. Like, that's crazy. Whether they're betting in there or no matter what, it is fresh corn, beans, whatever it is, it's on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of good success over that. And it's funny you talk about your 16 buck like that. My 16 buck, it was November 2nd when I killed him. November, well, so I had never seen the deer before in my life. November 1st, he showed up because they cut the corn, the neighboring property's corn. He stuck around because of the does and the bedding. November 2nd, I went in, pulled the card, and um, saw he was there, obviously, at noon. Like, I still have the pictures. I was in a cutoff, flip-flops. Like, it was it was 70 degrees. And I remember walking out, and I could hear the neighbor, like, running machines. Like, I don't know if it was a bobcat, skid steer, whatever. And I was like, that deer did not leave this chunk of timber. And I went back in that night and the same stand where I have the footage and everything like from my phone. This was before I obviously started filming my hunts. Um, I would see 10 to 15 does a night. Like I shot a doe out of that same stand three weeks prior, uh, November 2nd. Saw nothing but that deer. He stepped up out of the bedding area. I snort wheezed at him. He came running in and I shot him at five steps. Wow. Yeah. That's another thing to think about. I know that I think about it all the time. Like I'm always telling the homie, oh, when they pick this corn north of, <laughs> of Boonertown, it's going to get fire, you know what I mean? Because I just feel like they, I don't know if they're out there like in a little grass waterway or what they're doing, but I know that they're out there because um, when all the corn is picked to the north, we do get a lot of bucks that are coming in mm-hmm. from the north, like from nowhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, even, even if like you can pay attention and like, if you drive by and you're like, okay, they're cutting that crop field today. Like when you go in to check a camera near that or whatever, or however close you are to it, see like how your deer react and just learn from it, whether it benefits you or hurts you. I mean, it's something to pay attention to that way you can plan for years to come. Yeah. I think it's, it'd be a good time to like, I've used it to go check cams or if you're going out there to hunt, they got all that commotion anyways, you know, if if you yeah, drive out to the edge of the that. field yep. and there's a combine out there, they're not going to know any different. They've probably seen some guys walking around already, so it's just there's probably human scent from the farmers blowing around already. There's gas, there's diesel fumes, there's a lot of stuff going on, so that might be the perfect time to slip in there. And then also, like that buck that you said, he got bumped out of his area. He's in a f- area that he might not be frequent of, might not know what's bucks in that area, and he's like, the new guy at school, right? And then you just <laughs> yeah. snort wheezed at him and called him out, and he's like, "All right, okay, let's see what we got over here." So, yeah, coming yeah, over to check it out. But I think that's another key factor this time of the year is 
look for those fields for for you know obviously feed reason but off also kicking bucks up moving bucks into different areas because i i don't really see i see a few bucks show up this time but it seems like from like the 8th to the 15th is when we get our huge like transition of new bucks november november yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's when we see like just that's one piece there's like probably like eight different bucks we've never seen on it you yeah. know like what are yeah. we what's going on but so with yeah what, i mean november's crazy so with kind of what we're talking about with the corn um the last year or two cody and i have heard and cody's actually seen some bucks just kind of appear out in the beans um, you had went to a different farm to just film last year yeah. and had a shooter stand up, you know, what, 60 yards mm. and nobody ever seen him. Have you, have you encountered any of that? You know, just deer, you know, using the brown beans to, to bed in. I've seen that not as much up here, like, uh, with corn, for example. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've definitely seen that. Uh, I love like late season hunting. Like last year I had a standing bean field into January we got hit with a bunch of rain and then it would warm up freeze and all that stuff like that. So the farmers could not pick that field until late. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. But, um, betting wise majority up here is in corn, but yeah, I definitely, I've seen deer do that. Uh, actually one time, uh, two years ago now I was walking around the edge of a bean field and I watched a doe jump up. Like she was five yards in the beans bedded, scared me to death. And like, that was the first time I was like, dude, you got to pay attention to that. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah we, we've we've seen it multiple times like just i was out there filming uh with this babe, ja- babe winkleman that weekend yeah, right yeah. yeah jake and babe. i was with babe winkleman filming and and my buddy jake he was hunting on his farm and we're sitting there hunting we haven't seen anything i look out in the field and there's like a 150 out there just <laughs> in the middle of a bean field there's no way he got out there without us seeing him you know what i mean right and i'm like where this guy just stood up out there so he made a move and went and hunted off the ground the next day but he, of course it didn't work out yeah. but um i want to yeah, transition cool. here to one thing i mean this is a t- time of the year that everybody's really like everybody knows they need to be out there they're they're in a you know they're in a rush to get out to the stand. They know that they need to be there. What do you think are some key factors that some hunters might be missing this time of year? I want David to go first, and I want you to go, homie. Of what you think, some key factors that someone might overlook when they're in this. Oh my gosh, it's finally the rut. Let's let's kill a buck <laughs> stage. You know what I mean? So, what do you think? Some of the key factors. You get? Uh, key factors. Um, I mean, there's certain factors that in my opinion, play a huge role no matter what time of year it is. I'll start with access. Um, like right now, there's a lot of crunchy leaves on the ground. And in my opinion, you really need to pay attention to that. Um, you know, I'm not saying rake a 200-yard lane to your stand or anything like that, but if you can help make yourself get in quieter and more, you know, lethal in my opinion do so that's first and foremost um i could see that being huge man because like me like you you get off work the one of the last thing you're thinking about is getting accessing the stand you're like i just got to get in the stand right i mean so i even do that that makes me think of that creek bottom that we're like we got to get this cleaned out but we didn't and then in the rut we're like ninja warrior through that some gun (laughs) trying to get to the stand you know what i mean but yeah yeah exactly yeah so go ahead yeah but, um, yeah, I mean, access is first and foremost. I don't care if it's opening day, last day, or rut. 
Like I'm, I'm so crazy about that. It's sick. Um, I like to be as quiet and as lethal. Like I said, like I want to be a ninja. I want to get in there quiet. I don't care if you're 20 or 200 yards away. You shouldn't know I'm even coming. But um, that's first. Obviously the wind. You want to play the wind. I'm a firm believer in that. But in the same notion, I'll sit here and I'll tell you just because I did not hunt that buck when I had the right wind in the middle of October does not mean I will not do it in November because in November I will use buck urine. I will use whatever I, I will. I will do whatever I have to because I know that it's November. It's rut. He has one thing on his mind and I will go very aggressive. Um, I won't do that in the middle of October and I won't do that early season, but come November, I will get more aggressive. Um, and I will try and get as close to him, you know, push the limit, try and pull out his dominance, whatever it can be. Um, but definitely, like I said, use whatever you can to your advantage, use the wind. I, I try and use the wind no matter what. Um, but like I said, if you, if you're confident that a buck is betting in a certain area, you haven't pinned down your cell cam. I mean, I wish I ran cell cams, but I don't hashtag balling on a budget, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, if my cameras are telling me that like, you know, five out of seven days a week that this deer is, you know, heading to this bedding area and like I'm confident with it and I can put the weather and the pressure together. I don't care what the wind is. I'm going in after him in November. You know, like when I know it's rocking here in Ohio, I will go in there and you know, I'm either going to bugger him or I'm going to kill him. And that's what it comes down to. Um, but you know, nine times out of 10, especially if you're just sitting back, you know, just hunting an ag field, then play the wind in your favor, no matter what. Um, but access wind. That's something and that me and Homie just talked about today with the guys. Like mm-hmm. you playing the wind or edging the wind or being risky. Sometimes that's what it takes, you know. And that's how we killed Freeze last year. Is we were a little bit risky on the wind, you know. But you got to wait till the times right. Like you're going in there, like okay, it's the rut. I let him chill October. I know he's still on the piece. I feel like he's got a lot of other stuff on his mind. He might put up a little more human scent now. So I think that's the right way, right way to approach it. Yes, exactly. There's a certain time of year that the white-tailed deer are vulnerable, and that's November. That's rut. You know, when when you see that chase and you see that fighting, you see you see all the fun November stuff. That's when, in my opinion, I go, okay, let's let's throw out the notebook. You know, scratch everything. Who can let's I go get after? Cray. Yeah. I told homie, I said, I'm going to get cray this year. <laughs> You're going to get cray. I'm going to do yeah. some crazy. We've done some crazy public land saying, stuff. I, I had to talk to, talk you into it a little bit, yeah. but we got it done. Compared to what I normally do and how tiptoe I am, we've done some crazy <laughs> stuff already. So hasn't Dang, panned out I mean, yet. As long but... as you're having fun, like you said. Oh, yeah. It, it's then... like anytime we get together, it's like 98% shit show <laughs> and 100% fun. <laughs> Uh, hey, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, if we ain't dropping something out of the stand, losing something, not killing deer, we're not they're not hunting. That's how we do stuff. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm the same way. Like uh, the other morning, I forgot my rangefinder. I was so scared. I'm like, dude, you forgot your rangefinder. You're sitting in a new like I never hunted this stand before. I'm like, what in the world are you gonna do? And I'm like waiting for daylight. And I'm like, okay. That's like 25, uh, maybe that's like 35. All right, we're good. Get those two. Get feel for yeah, it. Yeah, get those middle <laughs> ranges down. You're good to go. But 
yeah, exactly. I left my tree arm. At, I, lo- I dropped my tree arm out in the woods <laughs> and had to go back out. I had a beautiful morning to hunt, hard frost, and I didn't have a tree arm for my uh, camera. So I was like, well, I'm not going hunting. I got to go search for my tree <laughs> arm. Found it with a, with my fluid head. So that would have been a $200, yeah. little over $200 mess up. So that would have stung. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm happy you found it. Yeah. Yeah. So we went and pulled. my wallet just hearing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. We went and pulled cams. Uh, then we went back to the truck, got ready to hunt. Uh, I'm the film guy. And I'm trying to get some awesome B-roll. Uh, get to the tree. Cody's getting the first stick out. I'm like. <laughs> Bro, my bow is at the truck. <laughs> He's so, got to bring his bow in case a healthy doe comes yeah. in. You know what I mean? So I so, uh, did that, and then that same night, dropped my release out of the stand. Uh, my hat was still on the ground, so I was like, well, just screw the hat. But I, then I dropped my release because I switched to a thumb release this year, so I was putting it yeah. on around we my call book bag. Mr. Drops. <laughs> yeah, putting the release on around my book bag, and then, you know, at a weird angle, boom, down it went. I was like, well, I guess Sounds I get my like- hat now. Too. Excuses for Butterfingers to me. <laughs> um, what I dropped the first night? Oh, yeah, I left the cable jacks to our wireless audio out there for five days, and three days of it rained real heavy. $700 audio just out in, the, <laughs> out in the timber, just getting rained on. Yep. <laughs> Um, oh, it, it still was, it works. Was just money. Yeah, it still works. It's still good. Um, and then the first hunt, and that by that scrape, I dropped something. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty sick. Oh, water bottle. Oh yeah, I dropped my drink. Yeah. Yeah, that was loud. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now you see why I ain't killed nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm just not. On. You're sounding like a 500 pound squirrel dropping out of the tree every yeah. time you guys get to the woods. Honestly, we're, I might as well. We always hunt next to it. walnuts or hedge balls, so we're good, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, yeah, that hedge ball. Yeah. All right, so, um, but, uh, I'm not used to that thing. small lone wolf. Yeah. That, that's my problem. All right. Sorry. I ain't one got to call him out on that yet. So go, yeah. we keep interrupting you. We're going to let you finish. All right. One more thing. And it's the last thing, but most important thing I'm going to say about November. Know your does. Like I hashtag this. I do everything I can about it. And I tell everyone about it. I don't care about a certain buck. I don't care about, you know, Billy Bob, you know, stickers, Double G two bucks, split brow, wide nine, <laughs> crabby, yeah, crab claws, like you know, what's nasty, up, Paul? Whatever, yeah. Uncle Bessie, like know your does. Like at the end of the day, if you have nothing to go off of, like if you don't have the bedding area, you you might not even have the food or whatever. Or if you're on public, if you know what the does are doing, you are in the money. If you have does coming through, you know, we'll say a uh, doe family of three, that's three does. That's three opportunities for a doe to be hot. Like, know what your does are doing come November. Keep them fat and happy. That's the reason I shot one opening day. You know, limit the herd, meet the freezer, freezer queen, shout out. Um, and just sit back and see what they do. And if you can learn them and, like, their natural traveling, if you can learn their bedding area, that's even better. Um, but know what they're up to, and guess what? Antlers are not far behind. Yeah, that's for sure. Homie had yeah. that wrote down too. I did. I was say I wrote down four things, and one of them was history of does coming in and um, where the first doe is going to be at. You know, the first doe to come in. First doe to come in. Um, I am horrible at knowing when does come in, but my best advice I can tell anyone is, uh, let's say a doe, she might have a certain white mark on her back left leg pay attention to when she disappears and her pattern switches that's when she's in like that's when she is with a buck that's when you know it's going down yeah Um, 
if she's not rolling with the same crew, something's up. You know what I mean? Right. So and... pay attention to that. I mean, I have I have certain people in the area that, uh, uh, well, I know of this one doe that every year she's five years old now. For the past three years, we've known that she's, you know, came in heat on October 25th to the 27th. So certain does, like I said, if they have markings or whatever that can help you pay attention to that. Yeah. One thing that, you know, I'm, I will say I'm pretty bad at is, you know, when you check a trail cam card is you're just scrolling, looking for, you know, bucks showing up, but just like you're pointing out, you know, knowing what them does are doing at this point in the year is also a vital tool. Exactly. Like at, uh, like at my new piece, I have a doe. She's got a lump on her back left leg. I cannot wait to see what she does. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. trackable. One thing I will add to that is, you know, you might not be able to pin down a doe. You can pin down the does in the area. You right. know what I mean? And we noticed that the last couple of years major where on a different pieces of property, oh, this is off visual sign and camera pools, um, where one property on the second to the third was just in one area where you know that's a doe bedding was just incredibly good. And then another property, there's nothing, right? And then four days later on that property, you know it's doe bedding area, it's fire. So you know yeah, one of those exactly. does came in that was in that bedding area. Like we had a doe, a butt buck, and a fawn. Every time we hunted one stand, we'd come past us, go in the bedding. Homie ended up shooting the the doe one of the does last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh late yeah, late in the year. And uh we we knew that they were there, we knew that they were coming in, and they rutted. One one of those two does rutted from the second to the third. Because mm-hmm. we had mature deer fighting. We had free show up that night. We had the lopsides show up that night. Yep. There was a lot yeah, of buck so it, activity. It was crazy in yeah. The woods. yeah, it was it was epic. I got the mobile cam. I got some of the most beautiful pictures of bristled up bucks just going at it deep in the timber right on that doe bedding so you know that there's one in there that's that's ready and they're like three yards from my stand the whole time i'm like man it would have been awesome to be in there but then oh go go ahead ahead. ahead. no so where this has really come to light for me and something that i had to um visually look at or visually encounter as a while i was hunting is um i'm sitting off the side of a ridge and there's a trail on both sides and it kind of meets at an x and it does an x and i'm probably 20 yards from that cross and i got a trail cam there and there's a community scrape there it's been there for three you know the three years that i've been in this area and um just like you're saying you know know what your does are doing and you just what i've what what i've done since i encountered this is the percentage of those that stay on the west side of the ridge versus crossing over and going into the bedding area what i call the bedding area or if they're going deeper and um it cost me an opportunity at a shot at a doe last year uh luckily it hasn't um cost me a a shot opportunity at a buck but if i would have paid attention to the trail cam pictures and known that more percentage of the does are coming on the west side of that ridge i would have cut a shooting lane and um, been able to get a shot off at does last year so this year since i had sausage rolls (laughs) yeah or or sausage rolls (laughs) um 
or uh you know so this this off season i got in there and i cut that lane out but that was only because i had that encounter while i was hunting instead i could have done it before if i had paid attention to the does on trail cam yeah and it's hard like you said like you know we get caught up like even like now like you know i'm going crazy like i'm running my common hunter like i'm i'm scrolling through pictures like on the go on my phone and i'm only looking for antlers Mm -hmm. especially like if you're getting like a you know couple hundred a thousand whatever you know like ohio's a bait state so i obviously supplemental feed to help myself that way the neighbors don't you know outdo me obviously for sure but um you know like you get caught up in that but like you know damn like you know he's a whitetail encyclopedia like that's what he really preached to me was like every trail camera picture like has meaning whether it's a doe a two-year-old you know or your shooter buck like it's telling you something about that animal and you gotta learn it what about grass cody's really good at getting grass i get the hell i get i got like a time lapse on one camera man i know it's i know there's nothing there from like noon to like 6 p.m when i get this sun pics or grass picks or whatever i'm getting it's brutal <laughs> oh i feel you there i had a, a moth one rose grow up early season in front of one of my cameras went in pulled it it had like i think it was like close to 1500 pictures in like three weeks i'm like oh yeah like the deer are funneling through here yeah like 1479 pictures were like the moth on rose hell of a time lapse of the moth on rose growing <laughs> yeah it was, it was just like a couple of does and a fawn i'm like wow i hate myself yeah <laughs> you're you all get, jacked yeah you, you trail just... cams are the worst man you get all jacked when you go to pull them and every time it's pretty much shit <laughs> the yeah, high is never as hate relationship yeah it yeah is. the like, high is never as you, big as the low yeah yeah, you could get 20 pictures and, like, one's, like, a giant deer, or you could get 2,000 and maybe a three-year-old, and you're like, yeah, why'd I even come? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should have exactly. let it soak for two more weeks, yeah, dumbass. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I came all the way back here for this. Like, right? We went like, way back oh, there. Yeah. We had, like, eight does come through. We're like, all right, this is bullshit. But, but we know it, they're all the same direction. So <laughs> yeah. if we know there's a buck behind it, they're sure. going to come from that way. So All this yeah, ground yeah. scent out here yeah. for this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a thing, like, a big thing, like, when it comes to trail cams is, I, like, I don't care if it's preseason, no, 365, like, I run cameras pretty much all year round, especially on my private pieces, uh, well, at least a few, um, I always spray them down, I just, I don't, I always don't ever want my deer to catch on that, you know, like, I'm here, you know what I mean, but, um, I'm very big into that, you know, but truthfully, smart deer are gonna learn eventually. All my trail cams smell like beef jerky and bush light, so <laughs> they're like, I don't know what this is, but I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's fun. We're going to come back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. I'm like, yep. So what you need to do, we can't base. We just need to go like put our hand in some corn dust or something <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why the six and a half year old deer was walking around on the eighth yeah. you guys smelled like beer and he was like dude you guys party i'm in yeah he's mm-hmm, like i'm sure. in i'm out here just bacheling by myself right now yep. <laughs> i'm like 47 let's go to a frat house yeah <laughs> if we shoot that deer we got a pet somebody's gonna have to pedestal yeah. him like like that trail camp pick because yeah. we got a sweet picture we of f- him. yeah we finally got a deer that just gave us all angles in a shoot i'm like yeah that's nice yeah he was posing for us he's turned back licking behind his shoulder you and, know rack rolled huh? yeah i say of course we're not well, five yards away in a tree he knows how to let the hunter judge him yeah, yeah i like that guy <laughs> yeah he's a uh, he's nice he's not he, he's not gonna score 
crazy high, but he's just just like David said earlier, nice and fat, nice and, and that's fat. exactly yeah. what he is. Nice and fat. All right, homie, let's go. Let's go over your what hunters should be keying in on that they might be missing. So we've kind of touched on all of these, but the big thing is is a rainstorm, like David said earlier. Um, that was my exactly the setup of my 2017 kill. Um, rainstorm came in, and I was setting up on a scrape. Uh, on three scrapes, actually, on a field edge, hashtag field edge life. Um, and he come in at like 4.30, so, I mean, pretty early in the hunt, and um, hit that, and then bopped in the woods back to bedding, and um, had a 16-yard shot on him. So I really like that after a rainstorm, and even, you know, trail cam data. It, it's showing the correlation between, you know, a rainstorm ending and um, bucks, you know, coming in to hit that scrape. Have you seen, like... Is it more frequent if it's a heavy rain or light rain, or does it, does um, it matter? A light to a medium rain, like a super heavy rain, it just kind of is, is really dismal. Um, a medium rain at at worst, um, yeah. a light rain at best. You know, just you know, a good two-hour shower. Yeah. Like what, what the weatherman Not would like call a, a shower. No, but, yeah, no yeah. thunderstorm. That, that's bad news. Um, yeah, just about, I agree on that. Yeah, just about like what you could tolerate and hunt at the same time. And also yeah, that's going to, something that David had pointed on is, you know, quieting down your access. It's not going to, your leaves aren't going to be crunchy and uh, you can get in there and, and be quiet. However, I think that the moisture in the air, when it's done, um, them deer are going to have that moisture on their nose. So they're going to be a little bit more alert. So you, I think you're going to have to really pinpoint um, your your scent and uh, your scent control regimen when you go in and, and, and hunt like that. Uh, attention to the wind. Yeah, exactly. Um, my second thing was, uh, David said, and we had already covered it, was the history of does coming in, um, you know, really looking at your trail cam picks. Uh, we kind of covered this. A quartering wind. Um, I'm not saying, I'm saying for like the next two weeks here, you know, first two weeks of November um, is when you can really get aggressive. Make that deer feel like he's secure like he's got the wind, but he doesn't have it at his full advantage. And um, yeah, I was talking with you that last year when we were talking about, you know, trying to kill Mr. Freeze. I said, man, just get a little bit more aggressive. And then, you know, 16 hours later, you mm-hmm. get it done. But that that was the thing I was talking about is because you're, you're I'm, I'm not trying to call you out, but it's just what I'm, you know, what I've done. Oh, I'm a baby when it comes to pressure. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll straight up. I would say, I mean, you're just One kinda... thing I will say, though, is you wanted to go about eight trees deeper, and if you would have been eight trees deeper, he would have had my wind 100. Yeah. So you got to gotta flirt the edge with danger and safety. Right. And I felt safe because I was back. You know what I yeah. mean? If I'd have been up, I'd have been five yards. I'd been like, ah, because I knew my encounter was going to be 40-ish. Right. Right? So... Yep. I felt like, okay, I'd just barely cheating it. But if I would have been like 10, 5, yeah. you know, that's when I would have been. But you were right. You know, you got you to gotta, you gotta flirt with it a little bit. And like David said, this is the time of the year. Yeah, I would say I feel like that there is really a week and a half, almost almost a two-week block to where you can really put that to kind of the back burner of what you think about when you're going hunting, you know. Yeah, there's a lot yep, of hunters exactly. out there bouncing around. They're probably getting bumped over all over. Yeah, the th- they've seen pressure by now. You yeah, know, and what they I'm just want to stick with a hot dough. So if you can be lucky to be in the right area where yeah. they're on a hot dough, as I long mean, as she don't bust you, you're, yeah, you're solid. Yeah, those damn does, man. They're and I think she's yeah. gonna bust you more off of moving 
than mm-hmm. win first first thing. And I'd rather be lucky than good any day. For sure. I need to be lucky more often because <laughs> I'm not very damn good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another thing that I picked up on last year um, with having DeerCast on my phone is uh, the jury's talking about having like a two to three day period of having like, you know, a, a straight south wind and then it flips to like north for a day. And, you know, that's obviously something I haven't been able to have, like, you know, years of experience talking about. But it's something that kind of piqued my curiosity because they seem very passionate about it and um, something that they've hit it on a lot on their app last year. And um, it's something that you and I had talked about last year. It was like, well, you know, we got that wind switch, you know, so... um, I can't really say much about it, but that's something that has piqued my curiosity and something that I did pay have been something paying you're attention pay to. Something you're going to pay on trail camp picks and yeah. and you know hunting a little bit more, and then that's one thing we like to do. We're still so new at this, you know, um, scientific deer hunting. Yeah, scientific. You know, <laughs> like picking a picking an area, going in there and killing a certain buck or you know one or two bucks. Yeah, because like you said, the rut's one of those times when any buck could come through and you could be successful, but. Uh, to have a target buck, figure him out, figure out how he's using the property, and then kill him. The rut's the hardest time to do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Most people say, but I feel like if a buck has a small core area, it's one of the easiest still. Like you yeah. said, some bucks travel eight miles during the rut, you know, and some bucks travel 800 yards. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if, if you watch Midwest Whitetail, like, you know, the rut, I mean, if there's because there's guys on there that are just killers yeah. and they're just picking out a buck and they're just, you know, going after him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's usually like late season, they get yeah. it done. Yeah. It's not the rut. They don't even see that deer during the rut. Mm-hmm. So, but another thing with that, that whole wind switch thing is, is temperature wise too. Like if they have a big, if it's really cold and then it warms up and yeah. it's, and it's sunny and that, that pressure's up, then, you know, it just makes you feel good. Just like, like right now, I don't like getting out of bed because I don't know if it's going to be cloudy or if it's going to be sunny because it's dark out. Yep. But if I know that it's going to be sunny, like in July, I know it's going to be sunny. I'm up. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. So those two things with 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 jury are just kind of something that I'm going to pay good. attention That's to. A good tactic to look into. I'll I'll make sure you're dotting your T's and crossing your eyes. <laughs> yeah, eyes. please. Because something needs. <laughs> yeah, something definitely needs. pay attention to that. That's I've never really paid attention to that. I'll have to go back through some trail cam history and see what certain deer did on uh, wind switches. That's, yeah. uh, that's new to me. I like that. Yeah. Yep. It's always something to look toward. It probably probably means nothing, but we better write this down yeah, on the podcast journal because I I might have the first time homies ever had a good idea in history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I right. did something right here. Well, uh, we're going on an hour here, David. Um, go ahead and hit the listeners where they can find you, where they can follow your season, and kind of. What they what they can expect to see on your page? Um, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at David Weaver Creative, um, and I'm just gonna post the real stuff. You know, just like these guys. You know, I'm trying to let you get, let you guys know what's going on on the daily. Uh, I like taking cool pictures. I like you know trying to be a professional. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna keep you guys up to date on what's going on in the Whitetail Woods, especially for me, and. Uh, that's pretty much it, you know, whether I'm seeing five does in November and no bucks or, you know, I kill my booner November 2nd again. I love November 2nd, just saying. But um, yeah. I'm going to keep you guys up to date. I'm going to keep it real honest. 
and show you the truth. Yeah, I like some of the tips that you were given there early season this year. Um, some stuff that I didn't really think about and, you know, you can learn like you're, you're actually, you know, teaching people through your page and your content. Yeah. That's one I thing that, yeah, that's one thing we think is super cool. You know, I'm, I'm 27, you're 21. I don't, I don't know exactly when you started hunting, but it doesn't really matter because no matter if you're hunted a year or two years, there's something that I can learn from you. And that's one thing that me and homie always like to say is even if you think someone may be less experienced or or anything younger, haven't been hunting as long. They know some stuff. They've had an encounter you haven't had. They got a story that you haven't had. So the chance of you learning something is there. So I I like when you post stuff like that. It gets people engaged. You know, it makes me ask the question in my head, like, have I ever seen that? Or yeah. I say it a lot. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm like, yeah. I always say, would that work for me? That's the first thing I say. Would that work for me? And I'm yeah, not. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not like trying to call the guy out but it's just different area you know just like me and homie say we couldn't come to ohio next week and kill a deer you know just because we don't know we don't know what it's like so i gotta take what you say in my scenario and be like would that work for me and sometimes it, it does you know and it's something that we look into just like rope scrapes you know that's something that we haven't done a lot of but we see people doing it or horizontal rubs mm-hmm. something we haven't done yep, a lot exactly. of but we've seen bucks making horizontal rubs last year in our area so. you know i think i think whenever anybody comes across like a piece of content like that they have like that spot that they can kind of revert back to on you know whether it's public or private yeah. or like you know their own scenario that they play that that scenario out in Mm -hmm. and you know just like well you know well this might have happened or you know that might have happened so i'll have to try it yeah and you know then next year you you tried and you might be successful or it might be might be junk yeah you never know (laughs) right (laughs) most if it came from this podcast from us and not a guest (laughs) it's probably junk (laughs) right (laughs) but yeah exactly guys well i appreciate you coming on man you know i'm gonna i'm gonna learn stuff from you guys you're gonna learn from me and uh, that's just how the whitetail life works. I mean, yeah. I'm going to learn something from everybody and vice versa. Are you going to be filming this year? Oh, you betcha. All right, nice. man. We'll be looking forward to that. Make sure yes, to follow sir. all his uh, pages, listeners, David uh, Weaver Creative. Um, that's all, that's YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, all the same, right? Yep, exactly. Awesome. All right, man, well, we appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about a little bit of pre-rut, rut activity, what we need to be doing, and... Uh, we hope we hope you get on a big one. We'll be cheering for you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Right back at you. Man, I'm ready to just get out there in the woods and not move for a week. I'm just, ready for that baller rut. Yeah, I'm ready for that baller rut. Um, it's time. We've been waiting all year for this this next week, two weeks period. <laughs> Remember, it was like January 14th, and you you sent the snap group like 249 days till the rut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've been. This is what we're waiting for. I mean, we we you can kill them early. Some guys can, but me and home, I've killed a few, but it's not like the rut where you get them opportunities. We're just not good enough yet um, to to do it. You know, yep. early, and that's something that people say. Well, you can't kill a target buck in the rut. We've done it. It's possible, um, but I like targeting bucks. But any mature, nice buck that comes <laughs> right. by is in trouble. So. That's why we have two tags. Yeah, we got two tags <laughs> in Illinois, so we're blessed state, but. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. This was a good rut tactics. Um, get your butt in a stand and stay as long as you can. Um, try to take a buddy out there. Let him get a little tickle of that rut activity. I think mm-hmm. he'll be hooked. 
Um, try to leave a legacy and wipe the legacies out.